So first, I think everybody has the ability to find a mentor, right? Somebody who is where they want to be and doing the thing that they want to do. And so go attach yourself to a mentor. Hey everyone, Jeremy here. And guys, I got to tell you, if the number one thing that can help you or hurt you in life is how you're handling wealth. And I think if we're really not setting ourselves up in the right way to, to have income, to have value, to have an ability to, to not depend on others and really be more self-sufficient, you're really going to be in a bad spot. And I have a guest today that I'm very excited to dive into things with today. We have Parker Purcell with us today, and he's with the company EQRP. And we're going to be taking a look at really some of the things you should be considering um, around really legacy wealth and, and being more self-sufficient. So Parker, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thank you for having me. Really excited to uh, dive into just the world of money today. Yeah. And it's funny because I know you and I were nerding out about fitness uh, before we got started here, but we're going to dive into another type of fitness today, which I think a lot of people aren't really considering. And, and I guess just looking before we get into that, um, people that may not be familiar with you, man, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and, and how you got here. Yeah. So uh, I'm first off a father, husband uh, of nine years, have a wonderful 13 month old son, which has been the biggest gift that I've could have gotten, uh, in life, to be quite honest. I think if, if you ever have the opportunity to become a, a parent, uh, you just see life through a whole nother lens that is fulfilling. So for me though, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. We were in the fertilizer business for 110 years, uh, family farm in Alabama. And so that was really, uh, what my life consisted of growing up was, working out in the fields during the summer, dirt bikes, four wheelers, uh, and then watching my father grow this fertilizer business from, you know, seven figures to selling for nine figures, uh, in 2006. And so, um, but walking that process, one of the big questions that, I was always thinking about was how do I get to where he is? So I was observant of the patterns and behaviors that, that, uh, he did in life, you know, first off the fundamental things of learning just good values, but secondly, uh, how you treat people. And then third, how do we uh, steward the resources that we've been given? And so, uh, after, after kind of watching him go through that whole process and selling the company, you know, I went off to college at Auburn university, got a marketing degree and then started my own professional career. So I went and worked with Chick-fil-A for about three years, uh, went and traveled the country with them was going to, my ambition was to go be an operator. Mm. And that was what I really felt called to do and had a passion for serving people, had a passion for operations, growing business and, uh, and saw a path for myself to get to where I wanted to go. But a crossroad event happened where our family got bit by the entrepreneurial gene again and said, okay, well, we have all these resources. We have this land, and uh, we wanted to not just sit on the talents that the Lord had given us, but also go reinvest it, go make a bigger impact, a bigger legacy. So what we did is we then built a uh, hospitality resort around our golf course. Uh, and so it made sense for us, but we were family business. So we we're just figuring it out. So I went back for four years there, took everything I learned from Chick-fil-A back to the family business and served in a variety of capacities there. 
Um, but then COVID hit. Mm. And uh, what was funny is as I was out there at the family business, and if anybody's ever worked family business, you'll know this is that uh, it's not as easy as you think it is. It's actually much harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another rabbit trail for another day as to why. But um, I really wanted to preserve the relationships I had with my family and also go grow. I feel like I'd hit my ceiling. But when COVID came, though, it was like, okay, um, I had a decision to make. And so as we were in this, uh, I don't, I hate saying lay but we had to like lean up the business because sure. God, I, I think a lot of people did, man. The world changed dramatically. Yeah. We didn't know what was going to happen. And so, uh, I decided to go ahead and put myself in the pot of people that were going to just go. And I was going to take a bet on myself. Um, so I left, was unemployed for eight months, went and pressure washed, uh, was really just figuring things out at that time. And was for the first time I got to really say, what do I want to do? Right. I always felt like that next thing was there, but now like I kind of chopped that off and was like, okay, um, I want to go create a life for myself. I want to create the, um, the lifestyle for my family. And not that that's the thing, but as a father, as a, as a husband, as, as a provider, I saw the things that were ahead of me that I had no idea how I was going to do it. So I had to go create it myself. Right. So, um, while I was pressure washing, I was just thinking, came across this company through a friend of mine who uh, said, Hey, I think you need to go talk to my colleague. And I was like, okay, like at this point I was just taking anything that I could. And little did I know though, I think I've, what I really figured out, it's, it was more about environment. So the questions I was asking is about putting myself in a place where I could build, where I could grow, where I could learn things about money that, uh, I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that I worked with. And so when all those things came together, although ambig- like not clear at all, but mm-hmm. I felt peace about it. And I was like, all right, this is as good as opportunities I'm going to have to come in and help build something. And so I came in at the ground level and just was like, all right, value add. How can I take all my experiences working at Chick-fil-A, at the family business, like growing these companies and then add it to this. And little did I know though, that the, the mission that the EQRP is on, which is to empower people and support and educate them to financial transformation, that I was actually going to be one of those people that that happened to. And so in that event, though, over these past two years, I had the opportunity to end up leading the company at the beginning of this year. And my life has been changed so much because of what this community does and what we set out to do every day now it it is really easy for me to carry that banner and go out and say, guys, like I'm telling you, like I am a byproduct of what it means to go all in, educate yourself, shift your paradigms. Uh, in the person that I was three years ago, I'm so glad that I opened up myself and my mind to learning and trying new things because the, the, where I thought I was going to be three years ago, 20 years from now Mm. was going to be, now where I will be in probably about five to eight years from now, but everybody has that option in front of them. They just got, they got to surround themselves with the right people. And, uh, that's what we get to do is put all these people together to help get to where they want to go financially. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I feel like I know what side of the fence you fall, fall on, on the, uh, the whole iron bowl thing, um, <laughs> as well. Yes, I mean, the, 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 the Auburn, Alabama game we have every year. Um, well, I guess I guess looking at it, uh, Parker, I think one of the things you hit on that I think is really important and, and I think it's really a struggle for people is 
when we're looking at, you know, financial information, I think the hardest thing is knowing, you know, what is money? How does it work? You know, uh, where do I get the right information? I guess when, when some, when, when you're talking to somebody about that, like how does someone become better educated on their finances? Like, and, and like what information should we be looking at? What should we know, man? Yeah. So typically I'd say first, you got to get a very clear understanding of your reality. What do you have access to? What are your resources? Where we focus specifically in the EQRP and help people is typically in the traditional financial system, right? So they've got old 401ks, IRAs, all these retirement accounts that are hanging out there. They just haven't thought about, right? And so we help them uh, get a clear picture of their reality, right? Okay, here's what you're working with. Here's where you want to be. Now, let's take these resources that you have and create a game plan to help you get to where you want to go. And so uh, what we get to do is it's not it's it's one thing to just give them a tool to be able to use. But then it's another thing to go along with them in the journey. But they're the hero, not us. Like Mm -hmm. in the traditional model, you're relying on somebody to give you information like your financial advisor or the person managing your company 401k. And you're really just smoking hopium the whole time. Just hope. And that's what they're selling you is like, we promise it'll be perfect waiting for you by the time you get out. But when you look at the environment around you, like we don't, we only go forwards. We don't go backwards and systems need to be tested. And so how we get to do that is be able to test the system with more education and more knowledge. And once you do that and you have that education to filter things as they come in, you really realize like, wow, I have what it takes to then expose myself to more things, uh, for my financial gain that my financial advisor won't tell me about mm-hmm. or my company 401k provider is not going to tell me about. And then when I ask them about it, they're like, eh, too risky. Can't do that. Like, what does that even mean? Too risky. Like I hate it when people say that because all risk is, is lack of experience in something mm-hmm. like for you, for, for me to go deadlift 600 and something pounds, like that's risky. Right. <laughs> but when you were doing it, it wasn't risky because you'd done it so many Correct. times. So it's the same thing when it comes to money. Like you have to work that muscle. You have to do it over and over again. Once you do, you're like, oh, like this isn't that bad. You just want to know that you have someone that you can say, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm like thinking about this right. And we're like, yep, absolutely. So they're in the driver's seat the whole way. I guess what sources of information are you looking at then? Because I think that that's really important too, because there, there there is so much out there. It depends on like, you know, who are you watching? Who are you listening to? Who are you reading? And I guess when you look at it, you know, I guess maybe from even your personal perspective, like where did you go and what information sources did you seek out so that you could become more empowered? Yeah. So first I think everybody has the ability to find a mentor, right? Somebody who is where they want to be and doing the thing that they want to do. And so go attach yourself to a mentor. And what's unique about the space of money, what I've found, especially in the investing side of it, is that everybody's free to give this information away. Like if I have something that could help you and get you to where you want to go, like it's not proprietary information, right? Mm -hmm. So people are always like, please, let me tell you about how I got to where I did. Let me show you this new concept that you don't know about because it's very missional. It's like the rebellion in Star Wars. They're they're just doing everything they can to help get people to see the light. And so uh, also, I think Twitter is a great place for education. We have we have a guy in our community that basically sends us a briefing every two weeks about what's happening in the macroeconomic world. 
And really, you're just consuming. And the more you consume, it just kind of becomes a part of your filter because mm-hmm. you'll see these like repeating narratives or you'll see people talking about something. And you're like, wait, I remember hearing something about that, but it doesn't quite line up with some of these things I've learned. But otherwise, you'd have been a sheep just taking it and not even questioning it. Yeah. So the more information you have, the better questions that you can ask. I think that's really important because it's kind of like building that filter because it, it, it does really depend on what source information is coming from, right? Like if it's coming from the government, they always want it to sound rosy. Um, you know, if it's coming from other sources, it's, I think it's just also important to know like your sources, you're consuming information from who invests in them. Right. And I think that's why it's really important to develop that filter because you can look at information, decide if it has value to you or doesn't have value to you. Is that something you kind of build up over time? Where there's one thing that people value more than education, and it's money. Therefore, I would always watch what people are doing instead of listening to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's more powerful to see what are you doing with your money and where is it going? Because that's ultimately what most people care about. I'm not saying it's right, but that's just the human nature. Sure. Sex, money, power. Like those are the three things that drive us as humans. And so, as you're looking at people, even in the government, like even these people like Warren Buffett, how did they get to where they did? They're investing in things like real estate. They're investing in businesses. They're investing in precious metals. But the filter of what's being told to you and most people that are in companies is that just invest in the company 401k. We promise we're going to take care of you. But people are losing hope when there's this massive money printer in DC that just continues to pump trillions of dollars into the market. And guess what? If you have cash that's just sitting in your bank account, you're losing 10% easily on your spending and purchasing power each and every year. So you've Mm -hmm. got to do something different because what you're being told is not going to get you to where you want to go. So I guess from that perspective, then like, <clears throat> like what basics should we have in place to be thinking with that? Because I think it's a really important thing to, to talk about, like, hey, you know, like just having your money and in investment, like you actually have to be outpacing inflation and a lot of these different things you have to be considering. So I guess as we're looking at things from an investment strategy, like what are some of those things we should be looking at to make sure we're a little better protected? Yeah. So uh, the things you should be I, and I always go back to having a mentor because it all goes down to your plan, right? Like what is your plan? People get too caught up chasing things like the next shiny object, Sure, but you can get to where you want to go in a number of different ways. People just aren't consistent enough and stay the course to doing that. So if there's something that you know very well, so if it's real estate and you feel really comfortable with it, then you probably should invest in real estate, right? But don't go invest in something you have no idea about, right? That's dumb. Um, learn, get in the game maybe. But uh, if you're just asking like those core baseline things, like it has to be having a mentor, somebody that can help guide you. It's consuming information, having a plan. So just pick two things that you feel knowledgeable about and you're interested in and then start taking action and doing it. So I remember stroking my first $50,000 check and then losing it and going through both the feeling of, oh my gosh, this is a lot of money and taking that first step, which was risky for me because I'd never done it. But then when I lost, I also got to experience what it means to go in on the other side of the game and be like, ooh, like that felt, that felt bad. Why did I, what am I feeling right now? Working through those emotions, but having that mentor that I could call, what happened was, is he said, Hey, 
does your family love you? Well, yeah. Can you pay your bills? Yeah. Okay. Does your, do you have friends that care about you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what are you concerned about? You just lost. That's just part of it. Like mm. this is, this investing is, is a, is a long game play. And so I just happened to lose on my first thing, but I'd rather lose early to then set me up with better information moving forward. How important is it to, to detach that emotional aspect of it from investing? Because I, I, it's something you've hit on a few times when talking about it. Like, I guess, how important is it and, and how do you do that? Because I think for a lot of people that can be really hard. Yeah. You got to go through it first, right? Like, I think that's the first thing is you can't sit on the sidelines and, or that's what you're going to be doing the whole time. So you got to expose yourself to playing the game and, you know, you get out there on the court, you're going to sometimes lose. You're sometimes going to win, but you're always going to learn. Right. And that's the most important thing is you're going to learn. So when you start detaching that emotional piece from it, what you have to do is say, uh, what am I feeling? Okay. Why am I feeling it? Uh, and it'll also expose some other things that may be beneficial for you to, uh, dig into your own personal life. Cause money's attached to so many different things inside of us, whether it be experiences, there's a spiritual element to it. There's the, uh, security side of it. There's the, uh, identity side of it. So you really get to flesh all that out, but if you don't go through those experiences and, and, and then reflect upon it, I don't think you really get much further, but you gotta be honest with yourself. It's so interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of our ideas about money, um, are a lot of the, a lot of what we create. Does that make sense? Like, you right. know, you think like, like, I'll give you an example. So I, my, my, my parents, um, my dad didn't finish high school cause he, you know, thought he was going to play pro baseball. It didn't really happen. My mom, uh, you know, her dad got sick her senior of high school, so she didn't go to college. So I come from two parents that are very, very blue collar. And to them, if you could make a hundred thousand dollars, it was like the most money that ever any person could ever make. <laughs> you're a millionaire. <laughs> oh, you're a millionaire, man. So like for me personally, I will tell you, like it took me a long time to get over that. And it's, it's, it's interesting, like what our limiting beliefs on money can do to us. Yeah. So I would recommend a book, The Psychology of Money. It's a really great book to uh, understand what happens inside your brain when dealing with money. Uh, there's a lot of other really good uh, books out there, but that's one that I really loved going through. And when you talk about the paradigms, you, you got to challenge your belief system as well. And for me, it's really hard because I have some deep seated beliefs about money, but they weren't my beliefs. It was somebody else's beliefs that's been imposed on me, which is fine, but I never challenged them. Therefore, mm -hmm. when I was finally wrestling with them, it was like, you know, like how might, how might this new concept be better for me while not violating my values, if that makes sense. Cause I'm never going to, I'm never going to violate my core fundamental values, sure. but, uh, but I can open myself up to a different paradigm on money in and of itself. And so being here in the Bible belt, right. A lot of people growing up, if you make a lot of money, they're like, ugh. like people have this negative view on people who do very well in business and make a lot. And so for me, what my purpose is with it is you got to guard yourself against it. Like the Bible speaks tons of verses about money and the implications of it in our life. But it also speaks a lot to being a good steward of the resources that are given. It 
tells stories about people that God made the richest people in the world. But the thing that they had deep down was this ability to not let the money be the distraction, but they were focused on a higher purpose Mm -hmm. for using those resources. And so for me, that's where I really said, you know what, like I'm passionate about business. I'm passionate about money. Uh, making money because it's fun. Like it's just a game where you, if you put good energy towards something, more energy comes back. And that's what money is. It's just essentially just an output of energy that comes from an input that you're putting into something. And so I've also been able to experience that side of giving. And so all these elements is really what makes our company unique is because yes, like we're so interested, we, we want people to experience freedom freedom of thought when it comes to money, freedom to choose the thing that they want to do, have that total control, but also be able to leave change because transformation requires you removing something or turning from something old into something new. And that's really at the core of what we're trying to do here. I can, I can really, really appreciate that. And I guess like looking at the idea of being a steward, as you mentioned, when we, when we look at the concept of, of steward leadership, you know, what does that mean to you and, and how does that drive your mission at EQRP? Yeah. So being a steward means that you've been entrusted with something, right? Uh, I think it's, it, it's deeper than being a servant leader, uh, which is what most people know, but being a steward leader means that the resources that I have aren't mine, but I, it's my job to take good care of them. Right. So, uh, the time, talent and resources, So am I being a good steward of my time when I'm at work? Am I being a good steward of the resources that have been at my disposal, my people, right? Like those are resources. Am I caring for them? Even your own gifts, like things that you're good at. And so uh, I love that concept because it actually, it puts you in a position of action and care. And also uh, with the, with the anticipation of saying, Hey, like this isn't mine. And I know that it's more of a legacy based mindset. Cause at some point I'll have to pass these resources on to somebody else and ensure that there's even a healthy pass off of that. Right. So for us at the EQRP, like if we don't take that steward mindset and we don't look at the things that we've been given as uh, a gift, then I think we actually do ourselves a disservice and waste something that could have a massive impact, not only on us, but more importantly, the people around us in our sphere of influence mm-hmm. and people watch like most people don't engage, but they're watching. Mm-hmm. And it's wild when you take that approach where I've had people come up to me in my life and they're just seeing what I'm doing. I'm not re- necessarily saying anything. They're like, tell me more about I'm, I'm seeing all this stuff happen in your life. I'm seeing pe- somebody told me about this the other day. So there's conversations that even happen in the way that you live your life with others that are around you. So, uh, but we've got to be good stewards of the things that we've been given or we're just wasting a really precious blessing. Absolutely. Well, Parker, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation, man, for people that are, that are listening, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out, you know, how more, more of how you guys can help, you know, what would be the, be the best way to do that? Yeah. So, uh, we have a couple of things. First off, you can go to turnkey retirement. Uh, we have a free newsletter that we give out on our behalf and then, uh, also go to eqrp.com. And it'll give you a breakdown of just who our company is, what we do, and uh, just reach out to us there and we'd love to connect. Very cool. Well, Parker Purcell, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you.